This is the USC Basketball Podcast, and I am Chris Penrose here on Believe, LA's number one sports podcast network. And people are probably getting a little bit more excited for USC basketball now with the disaster of uh, the USC football season, which is going on. Uh, Poor guys, lost to Cal last week. Hopefully things can turn around for the Bruins uh, this weekend. Big rivalry game. If if you don't get excited for UCLA, uh, then then everyone should transfer <laughs> because uh, that's a big game. USC, I, I could, I, I don't have no idea if they've ever lost to all three California schools in one year. It's probably happened at least once, but man, that would be just an absolute disaster if that were to happen. But anyway, we're here to talk about hoops and our Trojans taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores at the Galen Center. Uh, the other night, have to say that uh, you know I, I've always liked Vanderbilt. I love the city of Nashville. I think it's one of the most amazing cities in the country, with all the you know historical relevance of the country music in that city. Um, you know, it's really become a place where companies have planted flags, has some really cool new restaurants, bars, and. You know, if I didn't live in Southern California, Nashville would definitely be a city that I would look to move to. And I've always thought the people there were super friendly and very outgoing and just made you feel very welcome. We, uh, at the USC Vanderbilt game, I think one of the more obnoxious visiting fans I have ever seen in my life uh, was two rows ahead of me, right behind the USC bench. And I tell you what, it may, it may be not like people from Nashville anymore. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's one thing. It's one thing if you go to an away game and you're watching your team to cheer for your team, be loud for your team, but don't be obnoxious to the players and coaches, especially when you're sitting right behind their bench. You know, when Jordan Usher got his fifth foul, I don't know if a lot of people saw this, but the guy in the Vanderbilt shirt in front of me said some things to Jordan. I didn't hear what they said, but he said some things. And I thought Jordan Usher was going to go out into the crowds and, and punch the guy in the face. And I just I, I sat there and I just saw Jordan just keep on mouthing at him and keep on calling him some words that probably weren't appropriate. But, I mean, the guy deserved it. And I'm actually kind of shocked that security didn't come over and at least say something to the guy because Jordan was visibly upset at that idiot in front of me. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, great game. Unfortunately, USC did not come out on top. They lost 82-78. to 78. It was an interesting game. The flow was a little choppy. Uh, you know, I, I thought the officiating was, was rather poor on both sides. No one really knew what a foul was. USC got a bunch of fouls early in the game. And then in the second half, Vanderbilt got a bunch of fouls earlier in the game. What was called a foul in the first half was not called a foul in the second half. And it was just very choppy, and and there was no real smooth flow to the game. And SC only played about seven, maybe eight players, and uh, three guys fouled out. So that kind of says a lot. But, I mean, let's, let's talk about the highlights of the game. Like, who played well? I thought Kevin Porter Jr. had an excellent game. I mean, for a guy who only played 23 minutes... And fouled out with about six minutes left in the game. I mean, he's had he went five and nine from the field for fourteen points, grabbed four boards, 
and had some very exciting plays. You know, one thing that I noticed, it's amazing how fast he gets up off the ground. He had one move where he got he got the ball in the post, got double teamed, was able to turn on the baseline. He took one dribble, went up, and before you knew it, he was on the other side of the rim and laid it up with his right hand. There was another play where he was on the fast break and he came down, took a hop step into the paint, and before you knew it, he was at the rim dunking and got fouled. It's pretty incredible to see how fast he gets up in the air from being on the floor. Really exciting. He had an unbelievable uh, step-back three-pointer, which if he can hit that shot consistently, it's no wonder people are saying that he's going to be a first uh, first-round pick in next year's NBA draft. Very talented. But one of the things that you know I've kind of said in the beginning of this uh, series is he really doesn't know how to play defense. And he fouled out because he was a victim of, of learning new defensive schemes. And Coach Enfield said it after the game. He said, hey, you know, he, he was reaching a lot. And if he were to get there with his feet, he wouldn't have to reach. And, and that's just Coach Enfield teaching this guy how to play some defense. And it's going to take a while. You know, no one learns defense overnight, especially when, you know, all he was probably taught through middle school and high school was how to score points, not really how to, how to play defense. Coach Enfield will get him there. Um, but there were a lot of plays. He, of his five fouls, four of them were just knucklehead fouls. And he was reaching instead of moving his feet. Or he had a frustration foul after he turned the ball over. Stuff like that he needs to eliminate. And that'll come with maturity. That'll come with the season progressing. But for right now, he has a ways to go defensively. And he can't let foul trouble get in the way of his playing time. We needed him out there the other night. He needed to be on the floor. I mean, he scored 14 points in the first half. I mean, the guy the guy is instant offense. And if he can stay on the floor, learn how to play some defense, he's going to be a real weapon for SC this year. And then Nick Rakosevic had another big-time game. I mean, when, when the teams went out there uh, for the start of the game and the ball went up, it looked like SC was going to be overmatched on the boards all night long. And Rakosevic had another 18 rebound game. Are you kidding me? After two games, he leads the country in rebounds by a significant margin. Had 19 points, 8 of 16 from the field. Had some big buckets down the stretch where he got one to two offensive rebounds and was able to put it back. And and he has a lot of energy. And I think the team feeds off that. When he was throwing his fist in the air after an AM1 bucket, I felt like the team definitely rallied around that. And although the stats won't show it, I thought Jonah Matthews played pretty well. He played very well defensively. Um, he still he he went one of six from the three point line. Every shot he shoots looks good. Every shot. He hit one big three, but I just you know you hear about him in practice not missing at all, and I think eventually he'll get there. But one of six from the three point line just isn't going to get it done. Four of twelve from the field. He did have nine points, and he had that big layup for SC to get the lead with about two and a half minutes left. But I think we're really going to need a little bit more offensive production from Jonah moving forward. And then, uh, you know, I didn't think Derek Thornton or Shaquan Aaron played particularly well. You know, Shaq, I think in order for SC to be successful this year, he's going to have to score in double digits. He only had seven points, didn't make a three, went three of ten from the field. And defensively, he did play well. Um, 
He did have some lazy plays on defense and got some cheap fouls that that he shouldn't have gotten. But we're really going to need him to kickstart some offense every now and then. He had an opportunity to hit a couple of big shots in the first half uh, that didn't happen. And then, you know, with foul trouble, a lot of guys were in and out of the game most of the time. But but Shaq was definitely a guy who would get a couple of minutes, come out, get a couple of minutes, come out. And so his night was definitely affected by foul trouble and and you know not a very solid ebb and flow from him. And Derek Thornton, I I just can't quite figure him out yet. He he makes some good plays, then he makes some really bad plays. Shot selection is not that good, especially towards the end of the game. He took some shots that he should not have taken when SC had some momentum, and then turnovers. You know he keeps on turning the ball over in critical situations. And that can't happen. Uh, you know, I think probably the biggest play in the entire game is when uh, Jonah Matthews makes a layup. SC goes up 69-67 with about two minutes and 45 seconds to go in the game. Jonah Matthews gets a big steal. Derek gets the ball, tries to push it, and instead of bringing it out, pushes it even further into a double team, gets double teamed right on the, the sideline, and instead of calling a timeout, which he had two to burn, he tries to throw it off the guy's leg, turnover, wide open layup, boom. All of a sudden, Vandy gets the layup, tight game, they have some momentum, and then before you know it, SC's down four with about a minute left. That was probably the biggest play of the game. And you need to have your point guard, especially a redshirt junior point guard, understand time, score, and what to do with the ball in particular situations. And that's a situation where your point guard has to look and say, you know, we got to bring it out. We're up to, we have some momentum. Let's not push the ball. We have no numbers, pull it out, run the offense and try to get a good shot. That's something Derek needs to realize very quickly. And that maturity needs to happen ASAP. But let's give some credit to Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt's a good team. You know, watching Darius Garland play, uh, play in real time is pretty special. Uh, and he's just a freshman. He hit some big-time threes, some really deep threes. He was their leading scorer with 19 points. He went 6 of 14 from the field. Uh, Joe Toye, uh, 4 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three. He had 16 points. Uh, Simisola, she too, 14 points, 15 rebounds. He was the other big freshman we talked about. Um you know, it's funny. Vanderbilt has a lot of shooters. They took a lot of threes. They took 26 three-pointers, of which they made nine. Um, but you know what? In the first half, they really didn't make their free throws. They started off 0 of 6 from the free throw line. And then the second half, especially in, in critical situations down the stretch, all of a sudden these guys wanted to make all their freaking free throws. They started off 0 for 6. They ended up 19 of 24. From the free throw line. And that's from the end of the first half. Into the entire second half. And those guys hit some big free throws down the stretch. It was impressive. SC still shooting pretty poorly. From the three point line. Four of 19 as a team. From the free throw line. They went 10 of 18. They missed some big free throws down the stretch. That would have cut the lead. From like four points to three points. But another stat that that's kind of glaring here in a good way for SC is the points of the paint. Like I said, Vanderbilt was a much bigger team, 
SC, 42 points in the paint. Vanderbilt, 36. Uh, second chance points, Vanderbilt still had 22. Um, bench points, Vanderbilt had 20. SC had 14. But, you know, I think this really shows you how much we miss our depth. You know, the fact that Chuck O'Bannon's going to be out o- about a month due to a broken finger, that, that just breaks your heart for that kid because he's worked so hard this offseason. And he's improved dramatically from what he was as a freshman to what he is now as a sophomore. And for a broken finger to keep him out for a month, that's just got to be so frustrating. I feel so bad for the kid. But that's a wing that you lose. Benny Boatwright apparently still is hurt, even though I heard he practiced in full uh, twice this week. Hopefully he gets back for the Texas Tech game. They're really going to need him for that. Um and then Elijah Weaver, I, I can't wait for him to come back. I think he's going to put a whole new spin on this team, offensively and defensively. I mean, when you have a guy that's that tall and that lengthy guarding your point guard, I mean, he's going to cause trouble for a lot of teams up front. And we've always said that you know defense starts with the point guard up top. If you have a good, solid defender in your point guard, he disrupts everything for the offense right off the bat. So I'm really excited for him to come back. You know, I thought I thought Jerron Brooks, the freshman from Seattle, he got a couple minutes. I thought he actually played pretty well, all things considered. You know, he's going to be a work in progress. He's going to be a great four-year guy, probably a starter his last two years at SC. I really like him. I think there's a lot of upside. He took a really bad three, which which I don't think a lot of people were excited about. But he battled on the boards. That's something that I saw Coach Enfield say to him. You got a rebound. You put him in there, and he battled. You know, he was outmatched and and out physical a little bit by some of these older guys on Vanderbilt that he was playing against. But I was impressed with him. I, I you know I thought I thought he worked his butt off and he played hard. And I have to say that for the whole team. And you you, you know you hear what Coach Enfield said at his press conference after the game, and I totally agree with him. You know, I I was very proud with how hard the guys played. I mean, in my opinion, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's a top 25 team. They're going to make some noise in the SEC. And SC was missing three guys that could potentially start. And they had a chance to win it in the last two minutes. So I thought our guys played hard. They didn't play particularly smart, but they're also, they're also learning. And I think this team now, compared to this team when the Pac-12 season starts... We're going to see a much more mature team in a couple months. Much more mature team. It's just going to take a little bit of time. But, you know, in the the first game against Robert Morris, Coach Enfield was yelling at his team to play harder. That was not the case here at all. He was telling them to play smarter. But if you're a coach and you could decide between would you rather have your team play hard or would you rather have them play smart, I'll take play hard all day long. Because if you're making mistakes, doing the best you can, that's all you can ask from an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, right? So I think I think if that's going to be the foundation with this group that we have right now, I, I'm really excited for, for this season to continue. And up next, SC has the Stetson Hatters out of uh, DeLand, Florida. I, honestly, I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly. I've never heard of DeLand, Florida, but... Stetson's in this uh, this tournament 
that SC's playing, the NABC Hall of Fame Classic. And Stetson just went to Missouri State uh, to kind of kick off the tournament, and now they're going to USC. Um, and then after Stetson, SC will go to the NABC Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City and meet Texas Tech. But Stetson uh, is actually coached by Corey Williams. I don't, I don't know if you remember Corey Williams. He uh, played at Oklahoma State and then uh, uh, was picked up by the Chicago Bulls in the second round in 1992 and played in the NBA for quite a while. So former NBA head coach, or former NBA player that is the head coach, Stetson is 1-1. They played Johnson University in Florida for their first game. They put up 116 points against Johnson University. They won that one 116-66. to And then in a tightly contested matchup at Missouri State, they lost 70-83. to So honestly, I don't know a whole lot about Stetson. Uh, from what I've seen on the box scores, it looks like they can get up and down the floor a little bit. Looks like they like to run and gun. I mean, it's not easy to put up 116 points uh, in a college basketball game. So uh, that's something to take a look at. Looks like their leading scorer is uh, Ricardo Lynch. He put up 16 points, uh, went 5 of 15 from the field against Missouri State. Shot 10 threes, went 1 of 10 from the three-point line. So it looks like he likes to run and gun. But this will be a good bounce-back game for USC. You know, they opened up with Robert Morris, didn't play particularly well, ended up winning by over 20, then had a big game against Vanderbilt, played their butts off, but couldn't couldn't get the W. And now they have, uh, you know, a, a bounce-back game against Stetson. And then from there... They're going to have a big-time matchup against Texas Tech in Kansas City. So we'll see what happens. You know, this is really going to have to be a tune-up. Uh, hopefully, Coach Enfield's able to get his bench players some minutes because uh, if if games are called uh, like they were the other night against Vanderbilt and there are a lot of fouls going out there, uh, SC's bench gets really thin really quick. and We're going to need to get some of these uh these other guys some minutes to get them more familiar with game situations so that's it for me uh thank you very much for listening uh hope you enjoyed the show if you did please subscribe uh we're available on all your favorite directories itunes stitcher google play TuneIn, spotify iheart you can find us at believe.com b-l-e-a-v.com and at believe underscore l-a and of course, if you have any questions, uh, hit me up on Twitter, C Penrose, number one, number zero. And on Instagram, also C Penrose, number one, number zero. That's it for me. Sign it off. Fight on. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.